Welcome back to the Suncoast Vet Podcast, coming directly to you from the Sunshine Coast, where we discuss the latest news, trends, and research in veterinary medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Woodcock, and I'm excited to be here with you again. Whether you're driving on the way to or from work, you've got your earpods in walking a furry friend, or you're getting dinner ready, just sit back, relax, and enjoy a different style of veterinary podcasting. Hey guys, back here with you at Suncoast Vet Podcast and I've got Vanessa from Pet Health Insurance Services with me again. We're going to talk the technicality of pet health insurance. Good afternoon, Vanessa. Thank you so much, Dr. Michael. Okay, so now we want the nitty gritty. We need you to give us the details. So we're now in the position where we're decided that we're going to take out pet health insurance for one of our beloved pets. What's the process? Okay, so much like our car and home insurance, the insurance companies have a quote form. So you would go and start a policy and start a quote on a policy. And that usually requires you filling in some information about your pet. Usually it's age, breed, whether it's been dissexed or not. Each insurer has a range of different questions and it's really important that you answer those questions as honestly as possible. So can we delve into those questions? Yeah, sure. I just know that when people are going looking for these policies, Mm. they'll look up the various providers Mm-hmm. And get on top. Some of them have got exclusions for ages or breeds. How's a general setup work with it? So let me know if I'm answering this correctly. Sure. Typically, a customer would start a quote process and fill in the questions. And once they have a look at what that price looks like, at the price page, most insurance companies will have a summary of the benefits included okay. within the cover. It is a summary usually, and then you can actually click through into their PDS or product disclosure statement, and that takes you deeper into all of the levels of cover, the benefit available and any exclusions or sublimits or waiting periods. So really important that you read the fine print. Uh, Really important that you understand what is and isn't covered and how the cover applies. If you're unsure, because sometimes insurance speak is Mm -hmm. a little hard to get your head (laughs) around. Most insurance companies are now wording their PDS or product disclosure statement in a way that is user friendly. But if the jargon is confusing or you don't understand how it's applied, It's always a good idea to call the call center. They normally have a call center that is very helpful and they'll provide you with the information that you need to know in terms of how that cover is applied, particularly in relation to your pet. Your pet may have had a pre-existing condition and some insurance companies have exclusions around pre-existing conditions or waiting periods around pre-existing conditions. So if you're unsure, it's always good to make a phone call. The last thing you want to do is pay for a policy and then at the time you need it to cover you, it doesn't. So always be sure that it's the right level of cover for you. So I guess us as veterinarians, we're seeing these policies come through or these claims come through. Mm -hmm. We're having to submit the clinical history, Mm -hmm. the invoice via the client to the actual insurer. The things that are normally controversial are Mm -hmm. things that was there a pre-existing condition. Mm -hmm. So I guess from an insurer's point of view, the simplest thing is starting off cover when you're a puppy. Oh, absolutely. Much like our health insurance, pre-existing conditions can cause some difficulties in relation to cover. Not all of them are completely excluded. And again, just check that product disclosure statement and make sure how the insurance company is applying those pre-existing condition exclusions. But starting from a puppy is the best way to ensure that any conditions are covered, providing they're a covered event within the product disclosure statement. And there's no pre-existing conditions that could come up and create a surprise at claim time. And not to mention puppies do things that aren't always Puppy things. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we have lots of puppies who end up needing to have procedures done because they've eaten rocks. Yes, lots of things that occur. (laughs) that way yeah 
So usually pups, we can get them to start insuring them from when they first get home at eight or 12 weeks. Eight weeks is typically. Yeah, eight weeks is pretty normal. Yeah. 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 Okay. And the standard thing. So generally insurance companies don't cover your yearly vaccines or your heartworm injection or your flea or tick preventions. So am I right in assuming that most insurance companies don't cover the things that you would be required to do as part of normal healthcare? Correct. Insurance is usually there for unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. Where you can prevent an illness, your obligation is to prevent the illness. To do that. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And the policy, you say, when we sort of obviously we're doing all this online these days. So mm. when we're online and we get to the payment page or what the actual premium is, mm-hmm. is it like other insurances where you can pay a bit more and have less excess? Do they do that across animals or is that related to having one or two pets on a policy? Yeah, that really depends on the insurer. Some insurers have a set excess and some insurers provide a range and you can select which you feel most comfortable with. Okay, so the simple thing for the customer is get on there Mm -hmm. and have a play with it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go through with it. You're just gathering that information to start with. Absolutely, and there's no harm in having a look at what that might cost you. I think the important thing to think about is this is what I would pay for a year Mm -hmm. and all going well, you may never have to use that, but would you be able to pay a couple of thousand dollars should something happen to your pet? And if the answer is uh, that would be a stretch, then perhaps a small amount up front is a safer way to go. Yeah, so the insurance policies are a a just-in-case and obviously need to be sort of molded around your personal circumstance and personal finances. Now, when it comes to making a claim, I know there's lots of different companies out there. They have different ways to make claims. So what's Mm -hmm. the general way that you see that, hey, I've taken Fluffy into the vet. I've got a bill for $3,000. How do I get reimbursed or how much do I need to pay out of that? Obviously, it's the excess, but how does the claim actually process work? Does the vet do it all? Does the client do it all? Yeah, so that's a good question. A bit of both, actually. A vet can lodge a claim on behalf of the customer. Mm -hmm. Most insurance companies have an online claim form, or you can call in and go through the lodgement process with a claims advisor over the phone. To make the process quicker, what insurance companies like to understand is what is the medical history for your pet. So they want to check if there's any pre-existing conditions or, you know, what records your vet has on file. So if you want your claim to go nice and fast, it's always a good idea to have those records handy and to submit them with your claim. That will give them the information they need to validate that they can proceed with your claim. The other thing that's really helpful is to provide a list of what has happened and how the vet is treating the animal. And I think the more information you can give to the insurer, the easier it is for them to make a decision on the claim. Vets can lodge claims on your behalf or you can do it yourself. It's really up to whatever you feel most comfortable. And if we've got a condition that our pet's got, which is an ongoing condition, Mm. obviously if it's only going to be for a couple of visits, you're probably best to wait till the end visit, make the claim because then you've got all the information in one go and just for the multiple visits. Mm-hmm. Just say we've got an ongoing skin condition or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's a lot better if the insurer has got all that information from the start so they can see that, hey, this is not as such pre-existing. We were already uncovered when we started mm-hmm. the actual process of getting the animal treated for that. So it really sounds like being with that insurer from the start or from the stage of the puppy makes things a lot simpler and smoother for mm-hmm. when we're going through a claims process. It does. There are instances where an animal gets sick and a customer might think, oh, sugars, maybe insurance would be a good idea. Setting up your insurance at that point is not going to help because the event happened prior to you having the cover in place. So the earlier you can insure your pet, the better. 
And typically there is a cutoff point as well. Pets that are older than nine years old, yep. in most instances, are no longer considered insurable. Okay. So I'm finding that too as I get older. I don't know <laughs> if I'm insurable. <laughs> well, as humans, our medical, our private medical insurance goes up as we get older. And I think there is a point where it's no longer something that can happen. So it's not viable, yeah, because you, right. you're going to need some care. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you once again, Vanessa. It's been really great chatting to you. I think we've got a bit more insight into how pet insurance works and really appreciate Pet Health Insurance Services for allowing us to borrow you for this afternoon to get some of that information. An absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Vanessa. So that's a wrap from the couch this week. Thanks for being here on Suncoast Vet Podcast. And don't forget at Suncoast Vet, we know animals.